Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And we're here to create a community of people to talk about life. And books. And business. And adventure. And so much more. Join Join us us for for Family family Breakfast. Good morning. Welcome back, everybody. Did you like? Did you ever have a good morning song, like when you were younger? Mm. Like my grandma had a song, and it was <laughs> "Wake up, wake up, you little sleepy head, get your little ass out of bed." <laughs> okay, well, oh, we're, we're talking about. So you said a good morning song. Oh well, so I was thinking like something happy, but. My grandma would, <laughs> I guess happy. <laughs> my grandma would stand at the bottom of my stairs and say, You gotta get up. You gotta get up. You gotta get up in the morning. You gotta get up. You gotta get up. It's time to go to school. <laughs> the school bus is coming. <laughs> coming, coming. Yeah, and by the second you got to get up, I was already up because I was like, that's good. Thanks <laughs> for the first verse. I got it. Yeah, no, I, I'm good. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy Sunday, everybody. We're happy to be back again. Yes. yes. And I hope that you have your coffee and you're ready to sit down and have a great listen. I love Sunday morning. I do, too. Why do you like Sunday morning, though? Well, the Sunday morning family breakfast kind of thing is actually a thing that happened my entire childhood. Every Sunday morning, I went to breakfast at my grandparents' house, along with my entire family. You did? Every Sunday, like 8, 30, 9 o'clock to 11, 12 o'clock sometimes, the entire morning was spent with my family at the table, just catching up. That's crazy because we did that too. Really? Yeah. As a kid, we would go to church, all the whole entire family, and um, go to my grandparents' house to have breakfast. Like every family was like responsible for bringing a part of the breakfast. So like eggs, bacon, beans, tortillas, all of that. Yeah. It's so crazy because my brother just posted a picture of these cinnamon rolls it's mrs baird's they're like Mm pre-made have you ever seen them no they're like pre-made and there's like a dozen of them and um he just posted a picture it was like who remembers this and i was like oh my gosh it's crazy because it like launches you back into that time totally and that's definitely something i miss very much from not living close to my family anymore because that was something that was so it was just it was just what you did like, there was no question. You right. did not go, you know. It was just, okay, it's Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever. Right. You better walk across the street and show up, even if you're, you know, looking like a mess. <laughs> right. You're going to show up and be there because you're a part of the family. Everybody's going to be a part of the family. And that's something that I really cherish from my childhood because my grandpa would sit at the end of the table and, you know, crack his jokes like <laughs> like he would and... And I would just listen to them, you know, the adults talk and then eventually contribute my own things to the conversation. Or I would catch up with my cousin, Michael, or, right. you know, um, we would just have intentional time together. And now that my grandpa's not here and I don't live in New York anymore, that's definitely something that I truly miss. So right. I'm grateful for all of you spending some day 
with us because Sundays are important to me. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And I, I really hope that at some point in my life that comes back. Yeah. Like I have breakfast with my parents and my brother and my sister and her kids and my grandma and we bring it back as a thing that we do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But so kind of going along with our speaking of intentionality, we haven't always been on this journey that we're on currently. Like I haven't always been working on self-growth. I haven't always wanted to own my own business or think about investments or right angel investing other things like I haven't always been like this I've been you know there was a time in my life where I was just happy with what was happening that day and not ever thinking about anything ahead so um we want to talk about the three things that kind of got us started on this journey so you and I kind of discussed this ahead of time and we have three very like big things yeah agreed on three major things that kind of got us both started at different times. And I also don't think it's just started. Like, I still use these things to, oh, yeah. to continue to keep me going to the next level. Totally. Like, I'm not satisfied with where I am. It's I'm content, but I'm also not satisfied. No. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And so, I still use some of these today. Yeah, for sure. So, what would you say the first one is for you? Um, I think the biggest thing to kind of switch me over onto this path was um gaining financial stability Ooh, that's a good one yeah because when you don't have control of your finances and they have control of you you can't see past the next hour right so what did you do to start your financial stability like i mean like how to get to that financial stability well what made me financially unstable was i had $240,000 worth of debt from student loans. Yeah. That's a lot. And I just remember the last semester of school sitting there thinking about the fact that, you know, we had somebody come in from some student loan company or bank or something, and they were just running the numbers for us. Like, if you did it on 15 years, it would be this, or 30 years, it would be this. And I just remember looking at this saying, Okay, if you had $100,000 in student loan debt and you did it over 30 years, you would pay $230,000 in interest. Wow. Before you paid the principal. And I was like, insane. fuck that. Like, what? That doesn't even make sense. So I gave myself a kind of kick in the pants um, and made a goal of five years to have that paid off. And I did mine via the Dave Ramsey method. I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to have my parents also on that journey and they kind of instilled those teachings in me so I did it via that and just decided that I will not wear shackles of that for the next 30 years right I will not because I just could I could not understand how I would be able to do that and do the things that I wanted to do and at that point it wasn't even owning a business it was just being able to travel somewhere right or do fun stuff like with my friends so I said absolutely not this is the plan. And so I followed the Dave Ramsey plan and I was blessed enough that that worked out and I became debt free and learned how to control the money that I was bringing in. And so graduating, you know, as a therapist, I made a good salary, Mm -hmm. but I still had to learn what to do with it. Like, right. 
just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you have a lot of money. Those are <laughs> not the same thing. So, Absolutely. So I was blessed enough to be able to be taught that and take control of it like that. So how did you stay motivated to continue your journey to become actually debt free? Like, how did you not fall back into debt? I have no idea. I mean, that's the honest truth. Like, I'm the type of person that I just say I'm going to do something, so that's what I do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be debt-free in five years. But there was no other choice. It was not like, well, no. Like, I was working extra jobs. I was doing all this stuff because I just said, okay, boom, this is what it is. Goes back to your conviction. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. So that was just me, but... Um, yes, gaining control of financial stability is what made me lay the foundation to be able to dream as big as I am dreaming. Right. Because I kind of assimilate um, finances in quicksand. If you're in debt, you're staying on quicksand. Any try mm-hmm. move you try to make out of that quicksand, if you don't learn how to control it, just sucks you in further to the quicksand. When you start taking control of it, everything starts to harden up a little bit. Eventually, that Mm -hmm. becomes concrete. Now, I have a concrete platform to jump off of, and I can dream as much as I want to dream without having to worry about getting sucked sucked back in. Yeah, so... That makes total sense. What about you? Did you have that same experience for... Like, was financial stability something that catapulted you? Absolutely. So, I didn't have debt like you. I didn't have that experience of feeling that what was instilled into me was the fear of having debt that's good so my mom is wonderful she literally told me like do not get credit cards do not write checks like you don't want to get caught up in any mess so it was like cash is king before i even knew dave ramsey like we were all cash-based family household but the thing is, is finances were you paid your bills, and then whatever was left over is what you had left over to do what little you could. And it wasn't until I discovered Dave Ramsey that there's more than just your household budget. Right. Like, I thought that that's just what it was. Like, you worked to make the ends meet. But then when I graduated college, I was like, okay, I am working to make ends meet. And then... I realized that if I could just lower my means just by a little, I could save a lot. Right. And then that savings could build, and then it just kind of opens up so many more opportunities. And so once I started realizing that, I kind of just got bit by the bug, and I couldn't stop learning about finances. Not saying I was, like, I'm a financial genius or anything. By gosh, no means. But... I do know enough to make sure that I'm I'm have that foundation like you said. I'm not on that quicksand of having to worry about how to make like pay my rent, how to pay my bills, how to pay my car payment. Like my car payment's gone. Right. If your car payment's $500 and you pay that off, you have 500 extra dollars in your bank account. How awesome is that? Right. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, and I could cut my cable bill, and that's $100 in my bank account. Now I have $600 extra that I didn't have before. Totally. And if someone were to have credit cards, and you have a credit card statement mm-hmm. uh, or a bill that's like $200 every month. Okay, so now $600 plus $200 is now $800 that you have extra in your bank account. 
That's mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, how much of your money is going to somewhere where it doesn't even belong? Like Whataburger? <sighs> yes, that was my pivot point. Realizing that going out to eat, you are literally giving someone money to shit it out three days later or two days later or a day later. Like, you're literally giving people money so it could go down the drain. Yeah. Literally. It would just be easier if you took that money and threw it in the toilet. But see, the thing is, is that that just made my stomach drop. Like, oh, why would you ever throw money down the drain? But that's what you do when you go out and eat crappy food. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I love me some, like, really good foods, like Tycoon Flats. Like, that's the best burger that I've ever had. Yeah. I'm willing to put that money towards that. And it's okay to go and have an experience. Like, have a night out. Take a a break. Right. You know, don't have to cook. and Like, I totally get that. But But the difference is... But, like, how many times did you get crappy food? It's mindless. Yep. And so once I shifted, like I shifted that, I stopped eating out. So I got even more money. So yeah. now I'm up to like 900 extra dollars in my bank account. Mm-hmm. The next question is, is what do you do with that now? Like right. What's, what, you didn't have it before, but a lot of times what happens is you have that extra money and then you blow it elsewhere. Yep. So then you're like, oh, well, let me go ahead and get on Amazon and get these things that I need. Yeah. But do you really need that? But you know what I heard when I was in my journey that, like, really got to me was Dave Ramsey says that um, it's a lot more painful to spend cash than use your credit card. Because if you think about it, if you have cash, you hand it to the cashier. She keeps it and you get a receipt back. Right. Or change, which is less than what you gave her. Right. So if you give a 50 and you get $1 back, you feel that. Absolutely. For your credit card, you don't. You swipe it, you get it right back. It's exactly how it left your hand. And so you don't feel it. And so that was a big thing I did. I lived by the envelope system and wow. just did cash for probably a good three years. Wow. See, I, I wasn't brave enough. I did half and half. Yeah. Which is not, oh, it's not really recommended, but that's how I did mine. Yeah, but you feel that pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Like my entertainment was cash. Yeah. Because you could feel that. Totally. Um, and so it's a way to hold yourself accountable. Yep. Is what it is. I also had an accountability partner, which was you. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of were going through our journeys at the same time, so it was almost like a challenge. Do you remember we yeah. created that chart? Yes. And it was like a race to see who could pay off more money. Or not more money, but like our goals. At, yeah. And that, see, you can just decide. Like, that's it. I'm changing. No ifs, ands, or buts. Me, on the other hand, I can. But I'm also a really good manipulator. Even to myself. Like, I really, really, really need some new hiking boots when I go traveling. Like, that was some, like... Just randomly, I can convince myself to get something. Mm -hmm. And so holding each other accountable, like having that chart to see that, like how much you're paying towards your goal. I was like, no, that's bullshit. I'm going to win this. Like, I'm going to make sure that I'm paying all this stuff off. And that's something that I used the chart was to help give me a visual that I was still making progress and that I had someone else who was holding me accountable as well. Yeah. Um. And I think that was one of the biggest things that helped 
is and having someone to hold you accountable. The nice part is, think about this, that's going to come full circle because that was something that you used to really catapult yourself or keep yourself accountable. And now you're creating those charts for other people to have. Mouth drop open. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So what did you create? Are you talking about like my new project that yeah. I'm working on? Yeah. I'm working on a my financial journey coloring book. Yeah. So because I use those charts so much that those I'm now making it visually appealing because mine was literally permanent marker and a little thermometer looking <laughs> thing. Yep. And it was graph paper. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wrote Katie's debt, blah, 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 number. Chelsea's savings, blah, 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 number. Right. Like, that's how I did it. And now I'm making, like, flowers, and I'm making, like, houses, and I'm making cars, and they're all pretty and cool, and you get to color it. Yeah, you color them in as you pay off your debt, and then you get a visual exactly. aid to help you. So it's come full circle. And it's I don't true. even know that you realized that until no, just now. Yeah. I did not. And that's the thing is that I guess I'm helping people stay accountable just by a pretty picture. That's like, exactly right. You get a prize at the end. Yeah. You don't, can't leave a coloring page half colored. Totally. You just can't. That thing would stare you down. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like yeah. frame it. Yeah. Why is that half colored? Yeah. <laughs> and so kind of going to our next point, we talked about this, like you said before, and what tied really, really closely to financial stability was our mental and physical health. How did that play a role in your whole journey? Or how does it, rather? Well, being in the whole $250,000 in debt definitely creates some type of mental stress. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> my student loan payment was $3,700 a month. I wasn't even making that much with my permanent job. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, it was very mentally stressful. But by taking charge of my finances, I also subsequently took charge of my mental health. They go so closely hand in hand. So not having to worry about what the next you know, day looks like or, or if I'm going to be able to answer to, you know, Sally Mae. Right takes a lot of pressure off your shoulders. Right. So just naturally your mental health gets better. But I do a lot now to keep my mental health well. Um, that looks like journaling. I journal a lot to keep myself on track and having a routine. And for me, I have a morning routine and a night routine. And if I do it, is another layer of my foundation that I build to have the day I kind of want to have. If I don't do it, my brain feels like cooked ramen noodles and it's all <laughs> tangly and messy and terrible. So um, it's a constant thing I work on to keep my mental health strong. And, and currently right now, if we're being honest, um, this is a season where I've been off routine. This happens right. a lot. I ebb and flow. And... I don't feel as mentally clear as I have previously because I'm not on routine. Right. So I'm currently in the middle of trying to deal with that because I'm not. It's not a perfect science, you know. 
Right. But do you feel like your perspective has changed? Like, you're not on it, so you just got to get back on the saddle. Like, do you feel like that is still a struggle? Getting back on the saddle? Or coming to terms that you have fallen off yet again? It's not nearly as big of a struggle as it used to be. Okay. What What is... Recognizing it is not the struggle. Mm-hmm. Being ready to just do it is the struggle for me at this point. Because I'm not there where I can just flip it like a switch. Mm-hmm. And I know we said before I was, but that wasn't always the case. Like that's, I feel like a muscle you have to flex every now and again. So right. um, it happens less often than it did when I first started. I would fall off every four days <laughs> and then try to get back on. And now that looks like, months before that happens so it doesn't happen nearly as often but it's it's never a perfect science it's always a constant amount of work but I can totally tell when my mental health is not my priority my days are not as clean I don't think as clear Uh, when I go to my job I don't perform as well as I feel like I should and it's kind of like watching it from the outside right Like, I know that wasn't exactly... Like, I didn't show up exactly how I wanted to. Right. Watching it externally, which seems weird. Like, you should just jump in and do it. But, you know, it's it's a process. And so, it is not perfect science at all. But it's currently what I'm going through, trying to get myself back on routine and, you know, that kind of stuff. Just doing it. Yeah. But how did financial stability help your mental health? Like, what I was talking about earlier is that I have, like, all this extra money sitting in the bank. And so now that weight has been, like, lifted. Like, the stress of worrying about how to pay your rent is now lifted. And it gives you the time to dream. Like, it allows you to say, okay, well, what's next? What more is there? Right. Like, what is out there that I'm not looking at, thinking thinking about learning about experiencing like so once you free up that financial stress you're able to set your goals achieve them so like for example I was able to travel the country like I was able to see a lot of different things and experience it and that led me to our like Montana trips where I was able to actually reflect and unlock things that I've never unlocked before like I came to terms and found peace on things that I thought I would carry for the rest of my life right like I forgave people I then once I forgave people I was a freed up even more space Mm -hmm. which then allowed me to say okay well am I happy with the job that I am at and so then I was able to discover that and then I was able to build on that and say okay well, what do you want to do? What would you like to do? And it just kept opening these doors, just opening and opening and opening. But if I would have never opened that financial door, I would have never been able to open the door to changing my career. Yeah, especially because all you would have ever known is your hometown. Yes, my hometown is very, very small. And I absolutely love my hometown. I, I do. But I also wanted to move away from there to know that I could be independent. Right. 
there's something powerful about being independent and living on your own. Yeah. Like, mm. there's there's just something about it that I can't describe. Like, I guess you have no one else to lean on but yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of, at some point in everyone's life, you have to move away from where you grew up, even if it's for a short period of time, to right. understand what you're made of. Right. A lot of these... A lot of these components in my life has just opened these opportunities to allow me to dream. And so I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't experience all of those past experiences. Totally. Um, but my physical and mental health, just like yours, is it's so tied closely together. Because if I am in work now, like presently, now working and working and I start getting my anxiety attacks, I start feeling very overwhelmed I have to do like a reality check and say am I giving myself me time yeah and then I realize no I'm not so then I have to scale back and say okay I need to work less so I can contribute to myself a little bit more so like currently I was not I was working because I have a lot of projects going on and I was in it I could work all literally all day every day like because I love my job and I love what I do, um, but I can't because then it blocks my creativity. So then I have to stop and give myself me time. So that's when I started um, working in the yard. So my yard is like my meditation because I cut the yard, I weeded, I edge, I leaf blow. Leaf blowing is like now my new thing. Um, and so Doing all of that allows me to, one, just be by myself, like no one else around me, no social media, no no influence of anything else other than myself. And I just think about all the things that I'm fearful of right now, all the things that are going on in, around me in my life. And it's so crazy because then you start tying it to the yard. So like leaf blowing, the yard was full of leaves and... I was trying to leaf blow over here in the corner and then I was trying to be over here on the opposite end and I was just like oh wait there's more leaves over here and there and that and then I realized if you could just stop and focus on only one little section at a time you could make progress so instead of trying to become debt free just work on not eating out right for this week so like honing it down so we always talk about zooming out but also sometimes you need to zoom in to kind of find that balance i have to remember that my mental and my physical health goes hand in hand because i get so zoomed into my mental health that i forget about my physical health yeah they are very closely related to each other totally i can relate to that because Sometimes when I'm not on routine and my mental health is not where it should be, uh, I'll sleep it. Mm-hmm. Right? You stay in bed too long, you know, your back gets sore or something. Like, you're stiff and whatever. And you're not doing your routine, so you have nothing to break that. So I say, oh, my God, my back is sore. Let me just stretch. Just just get that gone. But if I take the five minutes it is to do that type of movement, like, yoga stretching or something I can automatically feel my mental health improving right without even focusing on it you know mental and physical health go so closely hand in hand 
that sometimes it just takes like a walk. Right. And then you walk around and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Then you just start feeling like your machine's kind of shutting down. Like they've been on overdrive for so long and everything's like freaking out. And then you move your body. Right. Change your mind. Yeah. So I totally get that. But I think that plays a lot to um, our third thing. Absolutely. Which is intentionality. Absolutely. You have to be intentional. Yeah, because if you're just living in the moment and then you blink and it's like two years go by, like how the hell did I get here? Yeah, totally. So you have to lay down your ego and pride enough to get out of your own way to be able to look at your situation, understand what's going on, create intentionality to go work on something to change it. Yeah, for sure. What's one example that you're doing that in your life right now? My business. Yeah? Yeah. So... I started a business and all I was worried about in the beginning was showing up in the business the way that I wanted to and being able to kind of prove my model, so to speak, to gain customers, to make enough money to cover my expenses. That was it. All I wanted to do was cover my bills Mm -hmm. and not forego what I believe in. So that was like the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So... Eight months later, that's what I'm doing. But that's also the only (laughs) thing I'm doing. (laughs) So I've had um, the next things on my list is like starting an e-course and and doing bigger things to move the business forward. And I've totally been in my own way about making that happen. So I've had to have some conversations with myself like what are you doing or not doing but what are you doing to stop yourself from doing you know right and I think as we mentioned before it's a little bit of fear of success I don't really know what that's gonna be so if I don't create an ebook I know what this is and then things are happy because I already know what this is right so I had to have that conversation with myself of you need to get the hell out of your own way to be able to push things forward if you want to get to where you want to go I have to be intent, and what that looks like for me right now is being intentional with the time that I do have. So normally my schedule is fairly busy. I work a lot on the weekdays, but I use that as an excuse to not work on the weekends. Yeah. And in all reality, I need to be maximizing my time and being intentional with every single second I have. Absolutely. To move myself forward. Right. The fear, like, that goes back to mental health. Yeah, totally. You can't have one of these three without the other. Exactly. Like, you've never met a very successful person without them having some type of an investment in their mental and physical health. Like, they're intentional with each department of their life. Right. Like, think about it. I said that I have to have a morning routine to be able to have the kind of day I want to have. And I have a big mental block, so I can't move myself forward. I can't move myself forward because my mental health is not on par. Where do I have to go? I have to get my morning routine back. So it's like one big loop. Right. And then all of that is creating you money 
in order to have the stability. Exactly. To be able to move myself forward. So I have to, like, I had to be intentional, yes, about maximizing my time and moving myself forward. That very first step is getting back on my routine. Boom. I can't wake up and just start getting on the computer and whatever. I have to set my foundation so that my mental health is clear, so that I can start working on those things, so that I can move my business forward and create a bigger financial foundation to keep my mental health going. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive loop. Absolutely. What does that look like for you? So with me, as I said before, I was working a lot in my business. And so I have one part of it flourishing. Like it's going, it's going well, it's steady. But then my physical and my mental health has plummeted. Like, right. And this is not just a couple of months. Like this has been years. Mm-hmm. Like I've been working on my career change for a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Like, And even before that, I was working on my financials. Right. So I was working on the two components that we talked about. Um, but my physical health has taken a backseat. So, like, to be totally honest, like, I've gained, like, 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because COVID, but it's from a f- couple of years before. Yeah. And I think it's because I was so focused on my finances. And then the next thing was my business, my career change and all of that. So now I'm coming back through this cycle again of putting it all together. So in the beginning of my journey, it was all about my finances, and then it was about my fitness, and then it was about my career change, and all these things, but you have to find a balance. Like, you have to be intentional with the time you have, like you said. Yeah. So you can't devote too much time to one thing. Yeah, I agree. Which is extremely hard. Yeah. It's extremely hard, but what I've heard from Ed Milet, which was mind-blowing, was something called mini days. So you break up, so you have, everyone has 24 hours. And mine looks like from five o'clock to 9.30 is normally what mine is. So I divide it out. So like the morning is a one day, the midday is another day, the afternoon and evening is another day. And so during those days, I have to check off those components. My physical health, my mental health, my professional, and my spiritual. And those have to be checked off. Like, I have to contribute something to each of them. And right now, I'm that's what I'm trying to really work on is getting back into that rhythm. Because if you don't watch it, one of them will take over the other. Totally. So let me ask you this. Are there ever times where, like, you have a project deadline due... So you your two mini days out of three look like all professional? Um, yes. And what do you do? I I notice that I'm not at my top performing abilities. Mm-hmm. Like right now I have a website launching and I notice that I'm not I'm taking three hours to do a one hour project. Because I'm not stopping work, like stopping my work and doing my physical and mental health, which is crazy. Like sometimes you have to stop doing what you're trying to work towards and put your energy into something else in order to give more energy to put into that. Yeah, to unlock 
the next thing. Yeah, yeah. So like to finish this website, I need to stop working, go work in the yard, come back to expedite the process of finishing that website. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the beautiful thing about many days is that you have the opportunity to start over three times in one day. Right. Or four times or five times. It is whatever you want it to be. But if you literally look at them like many days, every day you wake up, start whatever routine that looks like for you. So that's self-care first for me and then work and then right. self-care again. So, so say like I had to only work on professional stuff. Okay, well then... Somewhere else in those days, I'm trying to find a way to hit the other things to make sure that everything is firing on all cylinders, not just blowing out one cylinder. Right. Absolutely. But the thing is, is that if I didn't have my financial stability, I would have never been able to create a mini day. I would have been because before I was working 10 hour days for a corporate job. Like I was working 10 hour days and so I wasn't able to break up my many days. Yeah. Which was really really hard. Yeah. So for someone who has that is in that situation of 10 hour days, well, what do you do? Because during that time I did start reading. I started my that was when I was focusing on financial. Right. So like at lunch, be intentional with your lunch time. Yeah. You got an hour or 30 minutes in between your day. What are you doing at that time? Are you saying, I'm so tired of working this morning that I'm just going to sit, mindlessly eat my food, and scroll through social media? Because you're giving yourself, quote unquote, a break. Yeah. That's what I was doing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then I snapped out of it, and I started reading my financial books at lunch. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I had to do in order to break that negative compound effect. Right. Was there something that you realized early on that you were like, whoa... I need to be more intentional with this piece of my day. Always the morning. morning. I started getting up at 4.30. And do you know how peaceful it is at the other four on the clock? Most people don't even see the second four. They only use the one. But it, the world is so quiet at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. So was it is it was it hard and is it currently still hard? Yeah, because I'm not in my habit right now. So yes, it is a challenge. But every time I do it, I'm so so grateful for that quiet and stillness. Yeah. Because that does not happen in a work day. It does not happen if you have a family, which I don't, but you know. Yeah. Once the kids wake up, that's it. <laughs> right. So that little morsel of time, even if it's 30 minutes, can make a massive difference. Right. Right. Where you could just get some, get uh, 30 minutes to yourself to think about the day. you like, maybe you don't journal. Maybe you don't work out. Maybe you don't do whatever. Maybe you just sit there and stare off and drink a cup of coffee. But that silence and stillness is massively life-changing. Or it was for me. Yeah. So I still try to find that. Right. So I guess the question is, where do you start? Like, for the people who are listening. I think the biggest thing... There's not really a way for you to give advice for someone. Like, to tell them to start somewhere. Because you have to find what's important to you. Yeah. I was going to say, you just have to 
do a self-inspection. Right. Like, what's something that you're so sick and tired of that you just cannot do it anymore? Yeah. That's your why. Right. Like, honestly, have you ever even um, taken a second thought about your mental health? Are you stressed? Do you even know if you're stressed? Right. Do you know if you're anxious? Have you ever looked? And then if you haven't, maybe that's where you start and try to figure out why. Does that relate to finances? Does that whatever? Do you already know that? And so you know that finances are your thing? Or is it something completely different? But it has to start with self-inspection. You have to go through the different categories of your life to understand what's where you want it to be and what's not. And what out of all of that is the root cause. That root cause is where you would start. So our challenge for you is to maybe find those quiet 30 minutes and do a little reflection. Yep. It'll make some big moves. Yeah. And don't run away from it. Like, you have to reflect, be 100,000% honest with yourself, and run towards it. And if you don't do it, we'll post a thirty-minute <laughs> podcast of silence. Yeah, so Ooh, that you maybe can have that, that is an episode, right? Like a meditation episode. We can make our own meditation. Yeah, we can. I've never even thought about that. Who wouldn't love my meditation voice? I could do like the music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could just play music. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. But for real, though. Yeah. Find that 30 minutes. Even if that means you have to go sit in your car, in the driveway. Stop worrying about if the neighbors are looking at you. Who gives a flying fuck? Yep. Go sit in your car. It's very quiet out there. It's true. Yeah. So, let us know what you come up with. Yeah, we want to hear. We want to hear how it goes. We want to put you on the podcast so you can tell other people. You got this. We're in your corner. And we're supporting you. Enjoy your breakfast and coffee. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.